Good evening, everybody. It's good to be finally beginning to gather back again on Wednesdays. And uh, this evening, before we do turn to a time of prayer, I wanted to just give you a brief overview of part of the segment about prayer that's found in Calvin's Institutes, uh, Book 3. If you're interested, that's Book 3, Chapter 20, is a lengthy treatment of prayer. I want to just give you a brief summary of part of that segment. And uh, there's just three things that Calvin highlights in, in the first part of that. And the first is the relationship between our faith and prayer. Uh, the starting point of the whole discussion, uh, the foundation underneath the idea of prayer is our very faith. And, and the starting point of that conversation, the very foundation of prayer, is our own spiritual poverty. Uh, our awareness of our own inability and weakness in and of ourselves and the fact that combined with that truth, our own spiritual inability, that everything that we need is found in Christ. The source for all of our spiritual life and vitality is in Christ. So our spiritual poverty and the riches that are found in Christ is the starting point. Here's what Calvin says. For in Christ, he offers all happiness in place of our misery, all wealth in place of our neediness. In him, he opens to us the heavenly treasures that our whole faith may contemplate his beloved Son. Our whole expectation depend upon him, and our whole hope cleave to and rest in him. And so after we come to that realization of our own inability and Christ's spiritual riches, the the picture that that produces for us, Calvin says, is, is is an always available and constantly flowing spring. And so the flip side of that would be to know where all of our hope is found, where everything that we need is found, which we do, and everything we need comes from him, and to know that he invites us to make our request of him for those things which we need, and yet still not ask him for the things that we need. That, that would be the equivalent of someone pointing out to you that you had a lifetimes of riches buried underneath your backyard and never bothering to dig them up. So faith comes to life through hearing the gospel, and through our faith, then, Calvin would say, we are trained. As we understand the source of all of our needs is in Christ, we're trained to call upon God in prayer. The second thing that I want to highlight is the necessity of prayer. Calvin says that prayer is the means by which we access those riches which are laid up for us with the Heavenly Father. His argument is that as we Uh, Commune with God in prayer. We are appealing to him in person concerning his promises in order to experience that those promises are really for us. In prayer, we learn to understand the truth that God's promises really are for us. He says, therefore, we see that, that nothing is promised to be expected from the Lord, which we are not also bidden to ask of him in prayers. So true is it that when we, that we dig up by prayer the treasures that were pointed out by the Lord's gospel and which our faith has gazed on. It cannot be overstated how necessary prayer is for every believer and how profitable prayer is for every believer. Isn't that a major challenge in the Christian life and in the life of the church? One of the greatest tragedies of the 20th, late 20th, early 21st century is the loss of corporate prayer meetings in the local church. Uh, Meeting with other believers, specifically for the purposes of of prayer. There were several groups of ladies in the 
church in Statesboro I was at that would meet, had met for years regularly, weekly for prayer, and they had kept logbooks of the answers to their prayers over the years. What a source of, of faith and encouragement that was. So just as in our conversion we, we came to him for salvation, the only stronghold of safety throughout our spiritual pilgrimage is in calling upon the name of the Lord, just like when we become Christians. Our only security and stronghold in our entire pilgrimage is calling upon the name of the Lord. I think we could say fairly, uh, could it be one of the things, one of the things at least, that the Lord is teaching us in, in 2020, with all of its uncertainties and whatnot, is that we are, we are utterly dependent and need to be praying more. Our desperate need for more prayer personal and corporate, in order that we might engage in it more faithfully. By, by calling on his name in prayer, Calvin says we invoke three things. We invoke the presence of his providence, and, and by that he means that his, his loving, watchful care and governance of, of us. We invoke the presence of his providence. We invoke the presence of his power. His power sustains us. We, we are weak, and we ought to know that we are weak uh, in reality. And I think this is what we're learning as well as of late. We, we control nothing. Uh, we are literally overwhelmed by circumstances. We can't manipulate anything in reality. And we just don't often, I think, think of that enough. Uh, we have a tendency to, to we, we're Americans with a, with a old fashioned elbow grease and hard work. We can fix this. But prayer teaches us that we are invoking the presence of the power of God. We are weak and he is strong. And then thirdly, we invoke the presence of his, his goodness. He's, he is our good father calling us into his presence to invoke these things. We who are miserably burdened with sin, he grants us grace in his utter goodness as we pray. In prayer, to sum that up, we call upon God to reveal himself as fully present with us and to us. And then the result in that wonderful biblical language, the result is peace that passes human understanding. Because we've done, we've taken our needs to the place where they need to be taken. We can go on about our present duties knowing that we have laid the burden on the Lord. Calvin says, For having disclosed to the Lord the necessity that was pressing upon us, we even rest fully in the thought that none of our ills is hid from him who we are convinced has both the will and the power to take the best care of us. And then thirdly, finally, he gives uh, then six reasons for prayer that I want to just bring to you. And he does this by first presenting a hypothetical objection. Well, God already knows everything I need. He's omniscient, of course. It's not like he needs reminding of what I'm in need of. So isn't prayer... Hypothetically, this objection would say, isn't prayer superfluous? Um, one, Calvin would say, we're commanded to come and ask. God wants us to come and ask him, make our requests known to him with thanksgiving and adoration and confession and all of that. Our Father wants us to bring our needs to him. Secondly, he would point out that we need to remember that part of the purpose of prayer is it's for our good. Um, it molds our desires according to his will. It, even more so, though, it strengthens the faith of, our, of, of every believer by coming to him in prayer. The more we know about and talk about the greatness and the goodness of God, the more we're driven to pray. And the more God builds us up through prayer in the hope of comfort and, and more and more godliness in this life. So the six reasons, then, he gives us here is 
why it's important for us to call upon the name of the Lord. One is to, to ignite spiritual zeal in our hearts, uh, to, to love him and seek him more and more zeal from our own hearts to love and seek him and to form a, a, a more habit of fleeing to him as what Calvin would say is our sacred anchor. So the, the reason, number one, why it's important to call upon the name of the Lord in prayer is to ignite more spiritual zeal in us and to form a habit in us of fleeing to him as the anchor of our life and soul. Secondly, uh, it's because prayer purifies our desires. Praying helps tune our desires to be more in line with his desires. It keeps us from praying for things that we know are not good. And it also tunes our hearts to come to him with everything because he does know all that we need and all that we suffer before we tell him. Thirdly, it's, he says it's important for us to call upon the Lord so that we're prepared to receive his benefits with genuinely thankful hearts. Prayer, according to Calvin, prepares us to be more thankful for that for which we're praying, which leads to the, his fourth reason, which is so that once we have received what we were asking for, being then convinced that he has answered our prayers, we are led to meditate on his kindness all the more fervently. And then that moves to the fifth reason he gives us, which is an evidence of our thankful hearts that we begin to embrace with greater delight the things that we recognize and acknowledge have been obtained by our prayers. It's like uh, how you think about a special gift you've received from a particularly special person. How do you value that particular gift because of the person who gave it to you? That practice, then, the final reason is that, that the practice and experience we have in prayer might, in all of our weakness and feebleness, confirm to us his, his care and his providence in our life. He is ever reaching toward us to help his own. It is not just lip service. He's not just patronizing us by telling us to come to him in prayer. He cares for us actively. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. It's an amazing thought that we do not give enough thought toward. And it keeps us from a mindset that prayer is some kind of heavenly arm twisting, if you will. It's remarkable to think, uh, as I conclude here, about how, how selfish we know we're, we are wired to be, uh, how much we neglect prayer, sadly, to our Father, and yet, how much he even still cares for us, provides for us. The fact that we're sitting here breathing even right now and eating and talking. May God make us more of a praying people. And then let us remember also then the words of Psalm 34:15. The eyes are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. Amen.